Welcome to Interviews with Innocence, a podcast about spirituality, consciousness, and exploring the wisdom our children bring into this world. I believe that our very young children are our greatest teachers. After all, they're the masters of living in the present moment, bubbling in unconditional love, enjoying the messiness of life, and curious about the universe in all its dimensions. The pure essence that young children exhibit lives within all of us. My hope is that these interviews will help us discover, embrace, and connect with the sacred core of childhood that resides within each of our hearts. I am your host, Marla Hughes. I would like to take this time and wish all of you um, a Happy, happy new year coming up. I'm very excited about 2023. I just feel as if a lot of things are going to be happening. I know I'm going to be starting some new projects, especially with rituals um, in the family setting and with children. And I can't wait to share all of it with you. Today, I wanted to start the new year, even though it won't be for a couple of days, um, with a story, a personal story of a near death experience, personal in that it was sent to me from a friend. Enjoy, absorb the information. I I have found it to be very thought provoking and I thought it would be a great thing to start to start with in the beginning of 2023. Happy New Year. My Death and Return by Ray C. Fish. Life for me during the past several weeks has been marginal, one of complete immobility, and only now after existing in a semi-inanimate state can I for short periods of time shut off the oxygen supply, which has contributed so much to helping purify my bloodstream and thus materially reduce the workload of my heart and maintaining life. All during this time, ever since the moment that I survived and returned to my body after my death, my main objective, my driving urge has been to put in writing, make a record, or at least make complete notes of my experience so that someday the story can be told for the benefit of mankind. More than ever, I am convinced that while the experience is vivid, sharp in every detail, real, and one has lived it, one must record it. It fades with time. It soon will lose its clarity, importance, and truth, and then will be subject to the question, criticism, and vacancies of the ever skeptical and cynical. I now feel for the first time in my life that I have lived, that I am a realist, and have finally acquired an understanding and appreciation for what man is always searching, the why, the wherefore, the future of oneself. I do not want to depend upon my memory for as time passes, even I might question the validity of the experience. And unless there is a written record and it made immediately, even the devil's advocate himself would have an impossible task of attempting to verify its authenticity. Therefore, I will try to put this in written form for my own future review and perhaps for later distribution to mankind. This all started on the night of November 30th, 
It was just about midnight that the attack started by my feeling nauseous. Then the pain as if a double-edged sword had been driven horizontally through my chest and was being twisted constantly by some inhumane force. It was a severe heart attack, which was finally classified as number four force from which survival is seldom, if ever, realized. I was only about half conscious when the doctor arrived and went to work with his needle, which brought relief and oblivion. However, I fully realized the magnitude of the attack and that survival was very marginal. There is no question but that a strong physical body and mental attitude together with expert medical attention, can meet the difference between life and death under such circumstances. It was the next morning, the morning of December 1st, at about 8 o'clock a.m. that I became, un became conscious, came out from under the effects of the morphine and other drugs, which had been administered hours before. The pain was still with me, and the nurse was trying both mentally and physically to keep me immobile. It was during this period before the doctor returned and again eased the pain when life was very marginal, not from fear or panic, but from the magnitude of damage which had occurred to my heart. I realized that so did my nurse, so did my wife. This was when I died. My nurse recognized that I was going and so advised my wife, who had only recently returned to the bedroom completely exhausted from worry and lack of rest. The nurse advised getting immediately a priest minister or that they or that they administer the last rites, but very quickly. It was then that my soul, mind, intelligence, or whatever it is called, actually left my body. I am convinced that it occurred. It was no delirium, nightmare, dream, or mental rambling or wandering, but what we hear on this planet except as death. Terrific forces were in effect for me to leave my body, which I definitely did for some period of time. How long I know not, but this I do know. I did. Yet I was still me, and to me I was no different in any respect than when I was completely and totally separated from my earthly body. I find it impossible to put into the words the power, the pressure, and the pull. It was like a compass always swinging to the North Pole. How far away I was from my body, I do not know. But this I do know, it was far, far as we here on Earth think or in the terms we think. To me, even now, as I write this record, it was the ethereal world as we earthly humans, or at least the ones of the society in which I circulate, think of that I visited and almost became a member of. I did not enter, join, become a part of, mix, fraternize, but simply viewed it. On my approach, the fringe of it became ever and more clear, and I had an instantaneous vision of the great activity of all like souls dwelling or existing or merged together in a state of complete happiness. It was another world, an area, a planet, how large or small, I do not know. I was, in a sense, not alone, but neither did I have companions. I was close enough to see it all and everything about it. I completely comprehended and understood. Why or how, I do not know. I was not lectured or told, but again, all about where I was going and where I came from and the reasons for life on our planet 
and of life hereafter was revealed to me. I know I traveled a great distance. Distinctly, I remember that at the moment of my approach, it seemed like millions of miles away was my body, and then it all became clear. How it could be so quickly accomplished as the speed of sound, nor the speed of light, which we humans think in terms of, was not involved. It was the speed of thought, which resulted in the instantaneous transition from the physical to the ethereal state of being. We no longer need a body in the ethereal state, and we must, therefore, discard it when we leave the physical state of being. It was simultaneous with my approach to enter this other state of being when all was revealed to me that again I felt a terrific force, almost like a command, but not by voice, but a mental command urging me to look back, which I did. Again, I sensed the great distance between the two states of our being. And as I looked back, it was as if I looked directly through the roof and upper floors of the hotel. And there was my suite. And in the bedroom, on the inside bed of the room, was my body, with the nurse standing by my left side, looking worried and compassionate. And on the other side, my wife, looking completely beat, fatigued, weary, and distraught. This was the crucial point. To not return was what we mortals know as death, but to me, as was revealed, was the true utopia beyond the control or power of any nation or human. And all of our mortal life, as we know it, became nothing, worthless, a place of greed, selfishness, with forces of undeveloped intelligence and a lack of understanding of life, birth, and death. Again, I did not make the decision to return. The decision was made for me, exactly like my departure from my body, my approach and revelation of the past, present, and future. The force was so great, it pulled my soul back into my body, and I was no longer a corpse, which I had become. What I experienced, what I realized, what I lived that morning of December 1st is what is ahead of each and every mortal the passing into the ethereal world, the real phase of being a part of a great utopia, free from the greed and selfishness of physical humans in the relation with each other. All of us can approach and enter this other phase with anticipation and without fear, and our souls will be cleansed as it leaves the physical state. During these moments, I wondered, was this what I had experienced tied to religion as we mortals know it? And here again, to me, was the true light. It was nature. It was the plan. Exactly a phase in the same category as birth and death, all as planned by a divine creator with our existence in the physical state simply being a preparatory field where one is created and matured before entering and becoming a member of the ethereal world. It was all so clear that mankind during the physical phase was very confused and was using every means within his intelligence and had done so from the beginning of man to justify his greed and selfishness by binding himself together with others into many different so-called religions and political groups in an endeavor to cleanse himself so that he could have the courage to overcome fear and face death, which he was trying to avoid and escape, never realizing this cannot be done. 
Such appraisal is made at or just at full maturity of life by one who has crowded into life the living of it in many of its different aspects, so-called good and bad, and suddenly is brought face to face with death and the end of life. If survival continues, it will be forever beyond the formal, youthful, robust, dynamic, exciting way of life and must adjust to a settled, mature, staid, and elderly existence. At this stage, my thoughts went beyond myself except for a complete recognition that my life was spent, I had lived it, and it was over. Survival would be, at the most, only a few years of sedentary existence, which, while normal living to many, to an active person was not worth the effort to continue. This probably is more in instinct and reasoning similar to wild animals and certain game fish that prefer death to captivity and domestication. I would not have returned to my own, my own will. I was sent back as if I still had work to do that had not been finished in this physical state of being that has not been finished. I cannot put into words what I call revelation, that which was revealed to me. It was all inclusive. It encompassed the past, the present, and the where and how we go when we leave this state of being, and the great need here on earth to eliminate the human misery that exists for man to realize his mission here, why he is created, and that while he is here on this planet, that he is in sort of basic training for the next state of being and the necessity for people of all classes, nationalities, and color to learn to live like the children of God that they are and as one honest and selfish family, helping one another and sharing the many good things that are here on earth and available to mankind. I fully believe what I experienced has been experienced by others. I am not alone but I do not believe all humans experience it. Only a few come back. I now believe that such revelations have probably been the basis on which most of all the present major and minor religions have been founded, and probably many others will also be founded. An unbiased review of all of the religions of today will bear this out and further that the basic teachings of all are similar. However, I feel that not all are being practiced as was envisioned by the founder, and in some instances has resulted in destroying the basic concepts on which it was founded. Until a century ago, the combination of arms in the hands of the few was in control. Today, the pendulum has swung more to the left, and strong political groups now are in control of over one-third of our planet's population and as ruthlessly administer controls as our predecessors did when they were in control, each element always justifying these actions that they are doing for the good of mankind. Today, mankind is facing a real crisis, probably not too much more cruel than many periods of the past, but with the tools in the hands of a very few that can be triggered to affect mass slaughter of humans beyond anything possible in the past due to man's scientific advancement and the greater density of population. It is possible for man presently or in the near future, again, for his greed and lust for power and control over fellow man to eliminate or reduce to a minimum life on this planet and to eliminate or substantially reduce this training ground for recruits for the great beyond.
Among the many other aspects about which I want to expand when health and time permits are, we are a product of our environment. Habit and tradition with our basic characteristics for the genes of our parents who give us birth. We are not entirely free thinkers. We are as a whole the product of mass psychology conforming a short period of time the conditions and circumstances of our surroundings and the masses leaning on the strength of the ones who quite often absorb control. The general trend is to hold life of the individual and nation's status quo, exists change and progress. Man is slow to face reality, the constant required revision of standards and scientific progress to meet the ever-increasing population. Four, man is living under and governed by laws of conduct established by man, yet they must be continually amended and expanded to meet the changes and progress that is required to assimilate the greater population. Six, we cannot, we should not, we would not, even if we could, return to any part of the past. It is over, gone, and done. Today, we will be yesterday, and tomorrow will become today. Since the beginning, it has been so, and will continue until the end. We should learn from the past, but not imitate it or try to relive it. Seven, humans in the physical form of being we know on this and other planets, eventually through pain and suffering and adversity, must finally reach a state of mental development where greed, selfishness, and cruelty will vanish. Social progress is a must, and it must be understood and practiced on a worldwide scale to counteract the present ideological struggle. To say more becomes almost a recording of one's personal psychology and very much follows the basic teachings of the prophets and founders of the major religions on this planet of ever trying to alleviate and eliminate the greed, selfishness, suffering, and misery of mankind. We, the people of this planet, are presently too confused, too divided in our thinking and practices, our religious beliefs, and ideology. The end. One other thing that he mentions is, while social progress has been greater in the last half century than in all of the years of recorded history, it is much behind our scientific progress. It must progress at even a much faster rate in the immediate years ahead to minimize temporary control being usurped by a few strong radicals until the masses become educated. It will result in the leveling out of all people, the raising of the lower and the lowering of the higher. Today, the people of the world are engaged directly and indirectly in a mass ideological struggle. So I wanted to share this with you. Um, this was written in 1960, I think right around when Raymond Moody's book came out. I have a feeling um, Mr. Fish had not ever heard of a near-death experience. And a friend of mine gave this to me, and this is just the lecture version. I guess there is another version that's even more descriptive, but just wanted to share. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you want to learn more about the show, you can find us at interviewswithinnocence.com 
and on Facebook or Instagram at Interviews with Innocence. Please write me a message. Tell me what you liked and let me know what else you would like to hear. I would love to hear from you. And if you liked what you heard, please leave us an iTunes rating and review. It helps other listeners find the show. Thank you. Thank you.